hello, movie lovers. So today, I actually have a very special guest with me. I have Christopher Minori, and then, of course, I have uh, Josh from the Midnight Cinema po uh, podcast and YouTube channel joining me in a few minutes. We're going to talk a little DC movie news, a little bit of Warner Brothers, a little bit of Legendary Pictures, and maybe James Gandolfini's son joining uh, the cast for the new Daredevil series. So it's going to be a fun show. I can't wait to go ahead and dive into this. So without further ado, let's do this. Hey Chris, how you doing, man? So very special guest, huh? Yeah, you see, nice. this is oh, what I feel like I've been promoted. You see, you have been promoted. You see, last time I forgot your plugs, so this is my way of actually kissing your ass and trying to suck up to you for not forgetting your plugs. So yeah, last time you introduced me, you were like, "Oh, and here's this guy again." <laughs> but I do appreciate you, man. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your night to talk about some DC news, some Warner Brothers news and stuff like that. Like I said, I'm we have Josh. About it. Me too. And I have Josh joining us. So that's going to be even fun whenever he comes in here. But here's the thing. Whenever this news broke, I could not believe it because everybody's like, well, this news is kind of small because of the fact that Legendary Pictures winds up leaving Warner Brothers. I said, well, there's so much more underneath the service that actually meets the eye. And basically, Variety winds up reporting this. Legendary Entertainment, the production company behind Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, has cut ties with Warner Brothers and entered a multi-year worldwide film distribution partnership with Sony Pictures. Under the new agreement, Sony will market and distribute Legendary's upcoming theatrical motion picture titles. However, select existing projects at Legendary are exempt from the pack, meaning Warner Brothers Pictures is still backing Dune Part 2. The sequel to 2021's sci-fi adaptation, Dune is currently in production and slated for release on november 3rd 2023 and then you also have in press release sony's pictures and legendary emphasize that the companies are aligned in their ongoing commitment to theatrical distribution as a driver for other downstream windows and the theatrical windows long-term value for films so whenever i heard this news i was thinking to myself well Remember last year, last year, Chris, whenever Warner Brother, basically what winds up happening is this, where you have the studios that are mad at Warner Brothers for putting all their films on streaming services because they didn't make any money back. It's yeah. good for people who have families, but bad for business in general. And so, you know, what they did with, so basically uh, Zoloff, which I, that's who I'm called, that's that's not the name of the actual Warner Brothers company's name. I forgot. His no, name. but that's David what Zazzle. I've been taking on a daily basis. <laughs> okay. <Bob> Zoloff. <laughs> well, <laughs> Zasloff. Funny shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see though, Zasloff though, ha with Zasloff, he wasn't able to make that deal with Legendary, so Legendary winds up leaving, and then now they're with Sony Pictures. Now, in the back of my mind is this: this is actually a good thing because here's with Sony, they're always looking for new franchises. They're always looking for ways of making some new type of entertainment because they haven't really had a big franchise film in a while, unless you look at the Ghostbusters movie that just came out not too long ago with Afterlife and things like that. But they're also a video game company. So therefore, having Legendary backing them, putting up the money even more, this actually gives us hope for maybe a Red Dead Redemption uh, move live adaptation movie, a better Uncharted movie, and stuff like that too. So, what do you make of this when you look at the news? Well, I tell you, I think it's 
ironic because at the same time that Sony is pulling in these huge franchises, they're also like suing Microsoft because Microsoft is trying to take Call of Duty and all these other video games, right? So it's funny to me that on one hand, uh, Sony's crying because they're going to lose some video game franchises. At the same time, they're pulling in what I think are some pretty massive stuff. Legendary is a pretty damn good company. Uh, the, I mean, they they single-handedly brought, you know, all, all the Godzilla movies back and, and really um, uh, after the MCU started, all these other companies tried doing these same type of franchises and Legendary, of course, did the uh, the kaiju monsters, right? With all the, the large uh, uh, monsters and stuff, Japanese monsters. And um, uh, it, it is just funny to me that they've, <laughs> that on one hand, they're, they're crying like, oh, they're taking all our stuff. And on the other hand, you know, they're taking all our Warner Brothers stuff. So, <laughs> right. It comes out in the middle, though, if you think funny. about it. Right. It's breaking middle ground. If you think about it, it's like, well, you're taking some of our stuff and now we're actually making up for what you guys are taking. So now we got extra stuff on top of the stuff that you took. And I'm thinking before long, though, I'm thinking that Sony is going to be coming, making a major comeback when it comes down to legendary taking over, because this can only be good for them because you can have video game adaptations. Right. You have video game adaptations like uh, Red Dead Redemption. Not only do you have Red Dead Redemption, but you also have GTA. You can make a uh, movie around uh, the GTA mm-hmm. movies and stuff, uh, video game franchise and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can actually get movies that are actually generated for the movie going audience, but also too for the video game goers too, for the people who love video games and loves these characters. So it's, yeah. so it's yeah. a win-win. No, definitely. And, and Legendary's a pretty good company. They put out some really decent movies. Um, and I... Off the top of my head, I can't think of any flops that they put out. Um, it, it's funny, too, because you mentioned about um, stuff going straight to, to video. And uh, I think it was Legendary who, were they suing uh, Warner Brothers because of the HBO Max deals they were doing? Like uh, releasing uh, well, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla direct uh, uh on on hbo max at the same time it was in the theater and stuff wasn't that them well here's the thing this is how shady warner brothers did them with the old regime before david zasloff came in what happened was this they didn't even know that those properties were even going to be played on streaming at the same time as the movie theaters so they were mm-hmm. pissed off right because they lost yeah. billions of dollars when Dune could have been a big, huge blockbuster, but it wasn't because people winded up staying home for that, even though it was a long movie, they could have made some money off of it that way. And <laughs> even when Godzilla like first four hundred million, didn't it? Was yeah, it, it lost four hundred million. Flop. I mean, it was kind of a success, wasn't it? Did you like Dune? I hated it. I liked it. I really enjoyed the episodic stuff within Dune itself. I was very intrigued and very interested mm-hmm. in it. And it was actually close to the novels and everything, too, based off of what um, my friend Nick said when we did our spoiler review for it, which you can actually find on our audio-only podcast and also on your YouTube channel, too. But he said it was actually more closer to the books than the original movie, but I'm not 100% Mm -hmm. sure how accurate that actually is because I never read the books, but I did enjoy Dune. And they're also coming out with the Dune TV series. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, I, I, don't, I think Dune is boring as hell. I, I thought, and I'm a huge David Lynch fan. I thought David Lynch's version was boring. I tried reading the books. They're boring as fuck, right? And I I have tried watching the new movie three, four, five times because I love Josh Brolin, and I just can't get into it. On the other hand, it, it did very well. I mean, it was a, a big hit. I think there's a sequel coming out. Like you said, yep. there's a, a series. I didn't even know that. But yeah, it was a I'll have to try it again. I got to try it again. I'm going to be honest with you. It's one of those movies, like, if you're tired and you're and you're not in the mood to watch something that's long and episodic, you're not going to Is this an age like joke? Him. Are you making fun of my age again? I'm tired <laughs> I'm all the time. I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to help you out to where you can years stay old, up. I'm tired. Jesus Christ. Why do I keep coming here for this abuse? <laughs> you know you like it, otherwise you wouldn't be coming back. I love it. Lash <laughs> me a few more times. I'm sorry. I, that's on my only cha- uh, OnlyFans channel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and by the way, I got to get that, that link again, by the way. Give it to me after the show. I sure will. As a matter of fact, those picture prices actually went up to a dollar. They used to be 50 cents. Right, you know. So anyways, um, so now we actually have some other stuff that actually happened within Warner Brothers. I know that we're going to be talking about a lot of Warner Brothers stuff tonight. But we're also going to be focusing on some Star Wars stuff, some of some other things that are going on too. So this is something that I'm afraid of. Whenever James Gunn announced this, and basically some kid, somebody went on to Twitter, asked James Gunn, and I love how he interactive he is with people and his fan base on Twitter. Yeah, because yeah. I actually had the opportunity to, t- and he that's actually- pretty awesome. Yeah. Matter of fact, I fanboyed so hard one time in the morning time. It was like five, it's five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, there's a two hour time gap between, you know, where I live at, depending on where he's at. I'm, I'm thinking he's in Los Angeles, but he could be somewhere else. But here's the thing: I ended up commenting on something. I think it was about Peacemaker. He winds up liking it, and next thing you know, it he talked to me on, in the comment section. So nice. Basically, how this came up was this. So one of the guy, one this one person winds up tweeting out to them, and they're and he's wondering, does this four year plan come come connected in with DC with the video games and the comics? And he said, yes, it does. Next thing you know, it we wind up having people like Collider, Variety saying it has been confirmed that James Gunn is connecting this universe with the DC comics, not only the DC comics but the video games and things like that. So I'm going to give it in full context of what. Uh, Collider said, and then we'll go into some detail about what we think. So, James Gunn bought a completely different energy to the DCEU with 2021 The Suicide So, real quick, and I hate to interrupt you on your own show. I don't really. But I hate to. Um, I think it's important to mention that James Gunn is now, what, co-CEO of the DC uh, uh, Studios? Well, not the DC Well, yeah, he is part of the DC Studios. Right, and right, yeah. all, and his other the his partner is also in charge of the animation process though too, and they mm-hmm. and he's also a producer. He produced movies like the Conjuring franchise. He also produced other films, even the Rocketeer, as well. So we have two people. The original one. Yeah, this the the person that's next to James Gunn, the one that's going to be overseeing the properties and stuff, has worked on those kind of movies. Oh, I thought you meant James Gunn. I'm like, what no, was no, he, no, three no. at the no. time? 
<laughs> no, not James Gunn, but the other guy that's helping James Gunn oversee all the properties right. is uh, Saffron, right? Is that Saffron. His name? Saffron. Yeah. 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 Saffron is going to be the one who winds up helping James Gunn oversee stuff. So you have two people sharing the same stress level instead of it being on one person. And this yeah. is actually something I really like is because of the fact now you actually have basically a Kevin Foggy within the DC realm to actually help shape what we want with the DCEU and to help it build up to where we want it to be and hopefully what we, what it is. But like I was going off on the story and stuff like that, you know, James Gunn brought a completely different energy to the DCEU with the 2021's The Suicide Squad and its uh, spinoff series with The Peacemaker, both of which received high praise from fans and critics alike. This is why why many were excited when Gunn was announced announced at the new chairman and CEO of DC Studios along with Peter Seffron. While we still wait to really see how the new DCEU will take shape under the recently appointed leadership, Gunn has provided some insight into the direction that he will be taking the interconnected universe, saying in a tweet that DCEU going forward will have connections across film, TV, and animation. Gunn was replying to a fan asking for the new leadership is planning to give more DC character TV shows that that'll add to the story for the DCU. Gunn replied saying most definitely specifying saying that the DCU will be connected across the cross film and TV animation beneath the tweet from Gunn. Fans also voiced some follow up questions when one asking for confirmation, if upcoming animation DC films will be included in the DCU canon. While another asked if there will be a standalone series in movies such as Harley Quinn, Gunn replied to both by saying some will be included in the canon while others will be standalone. Other questions included one on if there are plans for games to be included in the canon, to which Gunn said yes. And if DC Studios has a hand in the comics of DC, to which Gunn said very open communication as everyone knows. I'm a huge comic book fan and I hope everything thing will do lead to more people reading DC comics and vice versa. But Peter and I are in charge of the comics, just all film DC entertainment. So mm-hmm. here's the thing when it comes down to this, I'm scared about this because of the fact that if you remember what star Wars, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy, and this is actually on John Campia's show too, but I'm going to go a step further from what John Campia said though. And I'll tell you why I'm even more scared. But basically, if you remember Kathleen Kennedy, when she started announcing all these Star Wars films and how they were going to be connected with the comics, the video games and stuff like Uh, that, right? Star Wars stories and stuff, yeah. Right. If you remember that, that and now look at how Star Wars is now. It's on a smaller Mm -hmm. screen. They haven't released any movies uh, since uh, The Rise of Skywalker or anything like that. But the reason why I'm really hesitant with this, which is a good call as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Okay. This is why I'm scared of it is because I'm afraid that it's going to handcuff (laughs) the writers to the point where you can't have any creatability surround or anything like that. And also too, someone that's just a casual moviegoer who probably doesn't do any video games or stuff like that too. And you have to play a video game to understand the context of what the movie is talking about. And then you also have to read the comics. Not everybody reads comics, but they're hoping that they can expand on the comics, on the narrative of the comics to actually expand on the DCU universe. And then 
it's like doing too much homework for some people where it's like, okay, this is going to be too much convoluted to the point where do I really need to sit down, play a video game to understand these characters and this plot and everything else that's going on in it and how, and also watch animated car, the animation too. So that's a lot of stuff to jumble up for some people who are just casual moviegoers to the point yeah. where it's like, okay, are they even going to make their money back? What's the deal? Even though people love comic book movies and is it going to get lost? And also too, don't forget this back in the nineties when Marvel was going through bankruptcy and things like that, everything had to be interconnected to the point where you had to buy this comic to understand this comic, this comic to understand this comic. Mm -hmm. And it gets thrown into the mix to the point where nobody wants to buy your comics anymore. So what are your, what's your thoughts on it? Well, so, you know, I'm a geek and a half, right? And so um, there's two ways to do canon. One is you have to watch everything, right, to, to pick it up. The other way is, and this is, you know, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, no, no surprise out there. Um, several, uh, there's many Doctor Who uh, stars who, who have restraining orders on me right? That's how big a fan I am. And Doctor Who's canon is crazy, right? But they have TVs, they've got Big Finish, which says audio um, uh, shows, they've got the TV show, they've had a movie, um, and it's, it's, it's all canon comic books, it's all canon, but it's, you don't have to read the books to understand where all the characters are coming from, right? You don't have to uh, listen to Big Finish to understand what the TV shows are doing. You don't even have to watch the TV shows to go and listen to the audio tapes. You know, it's all canon. It's all part of that universe, and it's all um, uh, uh, set in stone, uh, part of the the exact same thing. But it it but you you're not forced as a viewer or a fan to check every single piece to understand where everything is. It adds to it. Right, it's the same thing with Warcraft. Honestly, if you any of your fans are, are um, uh, World of Warcraft fans, right? They have a huge friggin' universe, and there's books, and there's comics, there's uh, uh, the movies, and the video game, of course, uh, multiple video games. And what it does is each thing, it's all canon, but it adds to your enjoyment of the thing. It, it's not that if you play the video game but you don't watch the movie you don't lose anything my wife saw the movie and loved it didn't really know the video game right except for the one time that i forced her to watch it at gunpoint but listen that um <laughs> <never mind. laughs> i don't mean to get into my my gun pointing stuff um it, it that's how to do canon. Do it where it adds to your enjoyment. If you're a super fan and want to watch it all, that's great, right? Uh, and it adds to fan um, conversations, right? Where you can all discuss like canon, you know, we're all such huge geeks. But don't make it where if if I didn't play this one video game, I don't understand who you know, uh, who Robin is as a dumb choice, but you know, I don't understand who, who this guy is because I didn't play this one video game or I didn't watch these two episodes of Harley Quinn, which is an amazing show, by the way. Um, I didn't watch this episode of Harley Quinn. So now I don't know who, who, uh, this guy is right. And it, 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 
there's two ways to do it. So it really depends on how they do it. And I feel secure in James Gunn, right? This guy managed to pull Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, everybody loves the Guardians now. But they forget, nobody knew who these people were when he was doing that. I did. I, I was a huge Guardians fan. And I lost my shit when I found out they were doing a movie. But there, it's it's such a small comic with such a limited, um, uh, limited release. Uh, readership. So for him to be able to take that and get people to come to it and add all this other MCU stuff. I mean, I just think the guy's a master. I, I, I honestly, I love James Gunn. I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but I really am. Uh, the guy just gets it right. That's the mm-hmm. important thing. He gets it. Um, so no, I, I feel very secure in, in how he's going to set all this up. Um, you see, he's already had a great learning lesson with the MCU, hadn't he? Yeah, he d- he definitely has, and that's one of the reasons why I do trust him when it comes down to the DC properties because of Peacemaker, and then you know, of course, he also made that other movie. Uh, what's that horror sci-fi movie that he made a couple of years back that I really love? Oh, uh, did he produce Saw? No, 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 not that. It's mm-hmm. a sci-fi movie with Michael Roker, but he that was his first movie that was like his indie project, basically Slither. Slither was it. Oh, Slither was awesome. Oh my god. I just rewatched that for Halloween. What oh nice. A great fucking that that's a, the talent of James Gunn is that he can take any subject, make it serious, make it scary, but he adds this unique sense of humor that will get people who don't watch horror movies to watch Slither, right? People who aren't big comic book fans will go watch Guardians, right? Or the Suicide Squad, which by the way is a brilliant film. So good, mainly because Peter Capaldi's in it. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you too; like I didn't know much about Guardians of the Galaxy or anything like that. And then I was—I remember when I was running a uh, Marvel fan page or whatever back on Facebook years ago. I decided to do bios for each character to actually help people understand who those characters are. But the way that James Gunn did it—you didn't need to even read any of the bio stuff because yeah. of the fact that he let the characters. Be able to be the characters and be able to tell the story within the characters themselves. Yeah. And Josh just came, so let me go ahead and get him in here. Hey, man! Jesus, it's about time. <laughs> what the hell? That oh, spark another flame, my brother. I had to light the flame. Oh, it's okay. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's good having you, Josh. Uh, oh, but we were talking here. about James Gunn about how he's going to be connecting all this stuff. To this prop, to the animation, to the comics, and things like that. So my thing is this: I, I'm, re- I'm actually kind of nervous about it because of the fact that you have to understand all this stuff to watch the DC stuff. But what's your take on it? I'm in the same boat as you, man. Chris, nice to meet you. Huh? Hey, I, you <clears throat> dope shirt, by the way. Um, I, I don't like the Marvel already has this internet connecting universe. And I feel like now DC is really trying to be too much, doing too much copycat. Just do your own thing. The standalone stuff works. Okay, the Batman has worked. Joker has worked. Uh, The new Suicide Squad movie was fucking amazing. Um, I love Man of Steel. I enjoy Aquaman. I like Shazam. Just 
continue that. That's where your success lies. Now, all of a sudden, you want to connect everything from animation to video games. I mean, just let the universes be separate. Have their own different mediums, and you can just grade them on their own merit instead of having everything be one colossal encyclopedia. It doesn't have to be that, uh, which is what something else I wish Marvel would... Um, you know, I know it's their money maker, but I would like to see them just do some Elseworld stuff. Like, hey, I mean, you could tell a lot of different individual stories with different heroes, and it could just be like a one shot, one time deal, and have nothing to do with anything else. Um, there's plenty of great characters that you would do that from. You could do with certain villains and have them have conflicts with each other. I mean, um, like I, if Marvel could do something akin to a Logan. I couldn't even think of who, but like, if you could do something like that, yeah, if you could do something like Logan or even um, like take a page out of DC's book, something like Joker or, I mean, there's plenty of characters that they have that's ripe for stuff like that. So, I mean, I get what he's trying to go for and have it all be cohesive on one same page, but now I just feel like you're creating extra work for yourself on top of that. And then the more you do that, if you're not careful, it could get very sloppy very quickly and things can go downhill. So I'm very hesitant about the whole, let's connect all of this all together. But like I said, with Chris too, I actually trust James Gunn when it comes down to his capabilities and stuff, but it can be too congluted to the point where maybe this actually might be too much anxiety for a DC fan. Be like, wait, I got to do, I have to go ahead and watch all this stuff. I got to play mm -hmm. video games. I got to do this. To just do this is like taking a it's like taking a major test <laughs> and yeah, you're having a grade for a test. <laughs> the, the the problem is for the DC fan, they will love the uh connecting all these things, right? For a super geek like me, I will love all that inter interconnecting stuff. The, the problem is what about my dad? Right. Right. He's not gonna watch all that, right? My wife's not gonna watch all the all this. I had to beg her just to watch Constantine, right? So, oh my god. You know, I'm in the same boat with you though, Chris, because I had a big brandy to watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, too, because she was like, what the hell is this? I said, it's brandy. the greatest show on Earth. It was good. That's what it it was good. I like that. I <laughs> really like that. But She's, that's the problem, is how do you get, and, and with Marvel, I mean, they're brilliant. They, they managed to get in all these non-comic book viewing people to come in and really invest their what is it like 20 movies at this point really invest their time and money into it oh yeah i say 20 you gotta say 30 you're always trying to one up <laughs> you see this is, what, this is the problem that we have with warner brothers and sony right now right warner brothers wanted 50 and then sony's like you know what we're gonna top that and get rid of get legendary for 50 so right. they're so this this is what's going on. This is basically I mean, the at least they weren't deceitful about their movie budgets. Uh, James true. Cameron, you know, that's true. true. I oh my god, can we just? <laughs> I know we're not talking about Avatar, but that thing's gonna sink like a lead zeppelin. <laughs> my god, they basically have to get every person in the world to watch that movie to make their money back. 
and he still doesn't what want their photographs. <laughs> and it's only been like what twenty fucking years. Who wants to go? Oh, it's it's wow, unique 3D stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. anyway, it's the way I of water. Everything about it. We're going aqua, full on H two O. Way of water. What a way- stupid fucking name. Do you know there's Jesus a title worse Christ. than that that's coming? There's one supposed to be called the Sea Bearer, and I mentioned this to John before. <laughs> <laughs> You know what though? My my co-host Charlie is a diehard Avatar fan and he's gonna be by himself in the movie theater, but I'm happy that he loves that that movie. <laughs> but, oh but I know one thing not to underestimate James Cameron, but you know, when you're over the budget of a certain movie and and stuff like that, it's kinda hard to make its money back. This is also no, why gonna, Batman versus. This is also why Batman versus Superman didn't make its money back. Just and it's not just because of the split with the critics or anything. It was a two hundred fifty million dollar budget. In order for you to make your money back, you have to at least go on ahead and lower your budget to at least maybe 90, 90 million, maybe or fifty million to make to break even. I know. I totally they didn't listen so to me. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't listen to me either, Chris. <laughs> but watching that movie, I never related to Snorlax so much in my life. But that right there, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I feel you, man. Uh, <laughs> like, sleep, I'll do it. <laughs> so, okay. So we actually have this other little thing that came out too. Warner Brothers Television Studios closest striking animation deal with Amazon for DC branded content. So now they're actually closer to closing the deal with it. And this is coming from Deadline by the way. And Warner Brothers Television Studios is in the process of closing a major animation deal with Amazon DC branded content, according to Channing Dunningy. Dunningy teased the new news at Content uh, London, stating that the studio is exploring animation IP on different platforms, including WBD, owned by HBO Max, with animation we used to be to be about staying in house, but now we are doing it on a different platform, she added. HBO Max is the first stop but we are in the process of closing a big deal with Amazon featuring DC branded content and animation. And Dunahy didn't elaborate further on the deal as she talked through a role, role she has now been doing for two years. She echoed if the, the view of Showtime president entertainment, Jana uh, Winograde yesterday by stating that shows will be made for less money in the coming years due to the global cost of living crisis. There was a feeling for a while that if you're not spending a 10 million an hour, then you're not doing your job, she added. But it doesn't take that uh, take that to make a great show and doing things differently in the pandemic un- underscored that. And she flagged the likes of ABC Abbott Elementary, a strong performer for the network that cured multiple Emmy nominations. People are, are taking a look at the cost of production more, she added, having spent a period of time being stuck in a spending bubble that ended with COVID-19 pandemic. And yesterday, uh, when a gray told Content London built tightening is to come in a global production hinting <laughs> that the Paramount-owned outfit will spend less on the mid- mid-level shows on the potential for an upcoming writer's strike. Dunahy said she would love to avoid a strike, but there are some issues that need to be resolved, and we have to be prepared for the worst. Okay, that's... Everything about that. So, what do you guys think? You you call it. uh, Here's a small thing we got, but uh, which, by the way, my wife said to me last night. But here's the the to me, this is huge news, right? 
listen, Marvel, you compare Marvel and DC. Marvel has movies hands down, right? I mean, I, DC puts out a couple of great movies, right? Most of their movies I like, right? I liked Dawn of Justice, even though most people didn't. Um, but Shazam was really good. The the uh, Suicide Squad was fantastic. Every now and then, yeah. they knock it out of the park. But when it comes to animated films, DC blows Marvel out of the water. <laughs> DC, that is their strength, is animation. And yep, so the fact that now they're going to get a wider distribution using uh, Amazon, I didn't realize HBO Max was in there. Um, but um, that's fantastic because people are going to get to see these um, I don't think that DC has put out a, a bad animation film yet. They're just, that is where their strong suit is. If they get the people who are doing the animation unit and move them over to the movies, I think they'd actually start turning a profit. Mm-hmm. And that's something I do agree with you, Chris. Like, their animation is just fantastic. I loved uh the two Halloween movies from Batman does the long oh, Halloween part Halloween. one and part two. That was rough. So yeah, good, good stuff. What about and the then, killing joke? Yeah, the killing I joke. I, like the killing. I don't know why people give it so much crap. I like that one. Because I think it was just it's yeah. tough. It's it's a tough subject, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still sitting here going, so is Joker a rapist? Right? They never really fully answered that. That's a, a tough, tough um you know, and it's just a tough subject, I think, um, what Gordon goes through and, mm-hmm. and Batman and even Joker, right? I mean, nobody wins in that one. It's, I think that's why it's, it's, it's looked at so harshly. But it's a brilliant story. I mean, it just, yeah. well, here we are. You're just like, it makes you think, right? Yeah, I love right. Hush, too. Like Hush is one of my favorites. Hush, Under the Red Hood. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, under the red hood, amazing yeah. man. Yeah, no, there that that's where their strength is, if, if you ask me. And um, I think this this uh, announcement, with, if this winds up actually happening, is going to be huge for DC. I really do, and for Amazon, because it's it's they they've already got all the talent in that unit, right? I mean, they really knock it out story-wise and animation-wise and their their story crafting and if they get that distribution oh my gosh how many people could get turned on to that you know is i'm i'm super excited that to me is the biggest story we're talking about tonight I, I definitely agree. As you know, what to quote Yay, which I don't really do, but faster, well, I can't stronger, even believe you just said this shit. But okay, faster, go ahead. stronger. Well, here's the thing: faster, stronger <laughs> is what WB is going to be because of the fact that you know anim- the animation to me is fantastic when it comes down to Warner Brothers. And like you said, Chris, that's their strength is their animations. Killing Joke is such a deep level story. You also have Under the Red Hood. You also have The Long Halloween. Not only do you have The Long Halloween, but you also have uh, Justice Uh, League Dark, that movie that they had. Oh, I love it. Because I'm a huge Constantine fan. Me too. All their Constantine stuff. And listen, if they get rid of Matt Ryan, I'm done. Fuck that. they get rid of him, I'm done. (laughs) There is no other Constantine. Except maybe Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu. (laughs) You know they're doing another. They're doing a sequel to uh, mm-hmm. Hannah Reeves's um, uh, Constantine. 
So right. it'll be interesting to see where they take that. Are they going to make that canon, right? Because the first one really isn't. So it, it's very I mean, interesting. They, they could. I mean, Marvel, look, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were not canon until that, last year. Oh, my God. You know? Brilliant. So it, 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 that last Spider-Man movie was just fucking mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I so, I have I watch Green Goblin scenes all the time. <laughs> so good. Man. Defoe is such a great actor when yes. it comes down to his his facial expressions oh is God. what sells it though. Mm-hmm. Is when he does those face facial expressions when he's changing personalities. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. I, I really like his performance. It, it was really good, and it's a great example for how uh, DC could do something similar, right? And it, it would make sense because DC really has the whole Flashpoint thing. Right, so they could really go, and they've done it in the TV show. I don't know if you watch uh, the DC, uh, and that's also where they kind of excel are, are the, the DC TV shows. Oh, and yeah. they've kind of hit on the Flashpoint stuff. And uh, DC, I think, were really into all the alternate worlds well before Marvel was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if not, then they just did it better, right? I mean, what is there like a thousand worlds, different universes in in DC and um, uh, you know the, the Green Lantern Corps is a great example of that. Um, yeah, I I'm super excited. I like DC. They 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 haven't found their way in movies because they're trying to kind of copy Marvel's more right handed approach, but. DC Comics isn't light. I mean, that's what it was always about is they were so dark, right? So I I, I think they I think under James uh James Gunn's um tutelage that they do you like that word tutelage? Parks and Rec under my tutelage. <laughs> you were the top of boys <laughs> I think they can really try to push that. They've just got to tell the story a little better, right? I mean, um, Dawn of Justice, wow, it's it's a shame that thing failed. They they got so much right and then they really fucked it up. Mm-hmm. If, if uh, I feel like with James Gunn, they could really... Resurrect. The- yeah, really make stuff better, right? Really put the... Better at the storytelling, which is what the movies really haven't done a great job of. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I would even be Most satisfied if they just, I'm not even going to lie to you, if they just decided to say, you know what, we're just going to do animated movies and release them in theaters. Absolutely. I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to it. They're so good at doing them. I wouldn't even, they, fine, do it. Then they have their occasional live action. But if they just no. went, like, we're just going to animate, shoot, I'm here for it. No, no same. they really are. And, um, uh, Oh, what did I want to say? I wanted to say about James Gunn. And I lost my thoughts. So I'll I'll figure it out and then I'll interrupt you. Okay. There's also another thing too. James Gunn also tweeted out that one picture of the Justice Ah, League. That was it. 
Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. I'm glad that this this is why I'm here. So, but yeah, he tweeted out that one picture of the Justice League looking down, and of course, there's also the storyline where basically all the characters kids winds up screwing up everything so now it's up to the adults to go ahead and try to fix it and therefore you also have the green lantern Corps. you have all this stuff going on within that storyline itself so that's something that's very intriguing but it's going to take a while to get to that point they're not going to just all of a sudden up and go we're going to go ahead and make this our extension movie going off right off the bat because there's other stuff other body parts that has to be moved and fleshed out first before getting to that point like for instance you need to have henry cavill back and signed on as Superman once again. So that's one thing that you have to do. I and you also have to give him his man. own Man of Steel movie. I'll so Superman, what a fucking boy scout. <laughs> He's always the guy who works for the president, right? Like all other superheroes. Oh, I fucking hate Superman. I don't care. <laughs> He's preaching. No, you know what? If literal <laughs> fire is coming from your mouth. <laughs> I'm in rare form. I had a very bad night of Minecraft and Seven Days to Die, so I'm I'm pissed off. Oh, if there he always dies in video words, by the way. I'm so sorry. It's one word from that tweet that I think it's Robo. Put out a Robo movie. Holy cow! I was so excited to see him in that. Okay, let me let me talk about this. I want a Lobo movie so bad, man. I want, you know what? I want Jason Momoa to say, you know what? I don't want to do Aquaman anymore. I want to do Lobo. And he yes. was destined to be Lobo. He was not destined to play with the fish in the water into the ocean. He want, I want him to play Lobo so bad. And then, of course, I remember, I remember this. Now, this is on, a, on my channel before I turned it into a podcast where Michael Bay was going to go on ahead and direct a Lobo movie. Thank God that's not happening. Uh, so, yeah. You guys didn't know about that? No, but now it's just like know. I'm trying to imagine it, and I'm wondering how... Explosions, explosions all over the all be, over the planet. See? Uh, the, exactly. But with Lobo, that almost works, doesn't it? It's nothing but nonstop violence. I don't even yeah, know that it has a chaos. I mean, that, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true, but I would, to be honest with you, James Gunn would be the right person to do a Lobo movie. Is it because his name has a weapon in it? No, because of the fact that. <laughs> now let me tell you why I think he's actually the perfect fit. Number one, look what he did with Peacemaker. Peacemaker's a violent character. Not only is he a violent character, but he also has those cheesy moments of doing those overstep, overstepping those cheesy lines, which Lobo does. He also is a drunkard. He's also somewhat not saying that James Gunn is a drunkard. I'm sorry, sir, if you're watching, but I'm just saying that. <laughs> um, he never says anything but nice stuff about you. I don't know why you're always right. running him down. But I'm just saying he understands these characters and the love that fans have for these characters to the point where I think that a Lobo movie would actually fit James Gunn's formula. And everything. Well, he's a Versus, comic fan. Right. I mean, that's a thing. He's, he's a fan, right? And I'm afraid if, uh, if uh, Michael Bay took over, they're going to be throwing Lobo into the sun and the sun's going to explode because that's the only way to kill Lobo. It'll be ambulance. It'll be the sequel to Ambulance, but it'll be on Lobo's home planet. Yep. And we'll see Optimus Prime show up out of nowhere. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence might be there at the same time. They could be going to the island. I mean, there's a lot going on here. You might see Raphael just meditating in a Vin, De Vin Diesel shows up. <laughs> he goes, You know what, Lobo? You're, 
you don't Lobo's need you, family. <laughs> you know what, Lobo? You don't need guns. You got family. <laughs> we'll take you there one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> but I think that's who I would want as a director. If you were, to, let's say that you're a Warner Brothers executive and a director set, and then you have like three directors that's in front of you or one director that's in front of you, who would you choose to uh, direct Lobo? Between uh, Bay and Gun, or are you well, just saying like in general? Just as in gen- just in general, who would you to choose? Direct Lobo. Um, I tell you who I'd throw it to is uh, you're gonna hate me, but Kevin Smith. I think Kevin Smith would do an amazing Lobo. Um, Kevin Smith, another huge uh, comic book fan. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know people look at clerks and chasing Amy and stuff and go, Oh, guys, more community, but you know, you check some of his dark shit, right. Um, uh, Tusk, I mean, Tusk who the hell crazy. could even bring that to, to the yeah. screen, Red State. Right? Yeah. Also another Red one. State. Yeah. By the way, he's doing a sequel to that, but yeah, Red State. I mean, uh, and, and. You know, they talk about, uh, I, I saw this um, documentary or one of his stand-ups where he's he's talking about his actual ending for that one. Man, do you give Kevin Smith a freaking budget? He would come up with some crazy-ass shit. No, I would like to see Kevin Smith. I think he would do an amazing job of that. I and think. I say that because I'm, I, you know, uh, as you know, I... I've been stalking Kevin Smith. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to get back in his good graces. Well, between me, Kevin Smith, let me do fucking Howard the Duck. Let me write it. How many times I got to ask you, you bastard? And just like that, Kevin Smith is not going to be watching my channel. <laughs> no, yeah. not, not, I, not saying that he will, but you know. Just like how I think James Gunn is not going to watch oh, my channel. Oh, shit, he's putting Chris Minori on there. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. Jesus Christ, look who this guy hangs I've from having Coleman Domingo to having Chris Minori, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tell you who I would pick. Okay. Tim Miller, the guy who did the first Deadpool movie. Oh, him or even uh the other uh Lord Miller. Shoot, you can do Lobo too. Uh, have you guys seen their uh the Netflix movie um America the Motion Picture? No, no. Uh-uh. Okay, so it's absurd. I it, like absurd. It is absurd. There are funny moments. I can. It's kind of like the Lego Movie. Meets the American Revolution, <laughs> literally, and people are. Well, that's a mashup. I would pay to see. I'm telling you, yeah, it's. Uh, it, you have people that just jump from different time eras of time that shouldn't even be there. Like Doctor King is there in the background for some reason. Lin Manuel Miranda's cool. Alexander Hamilton is there. <laughs> what are you doing? I but check it's that a, out. I'm yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a fun, funny movie. It's a fun, fun, funny movie. It's a fun movie. Um, but that's the that's one they did recently. So I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them take do a take on Lobo. Um, those are the now two. How funny do you think uh, Lobo should be? Not okay. As someone who likes Thor: Love and Thunder, you have to understand it was a bit much. So please do not lean so much. Do it like. If they did it like Deadpool's kind of humor, you know, obviously no fourth wall breaks, 
I don't, I don't even know if Lobo's a fourth wall-breaking character or not. No, he's no, not. He's not. No. Okay. If they just stick to dark humor that also kind of that accents the violence, shoot, that's it. You know, don't lean too funny because then it kind of takes away from the dramatic effects. It's just, if they find the right balance, I think they'll be all right. But just I don't think it's going to be a tough movie to write. I, I really do. It's so dark and so violent and trying to find... He's got to be an anti-hero, right? Like Deadpool. They managed to make him a, a great anti-hero that people could relate to. And with Lobo, I think that would, that's a tough job. I really think it's a tough call. i very excited. If he actually does this, uh, I'm very, very excited to see what they do with it. I hope they don't go too funny. I hope they, they kind of stick with the, the comic book themes. I tell you what, if either of you have seen The Gentleman. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's that's how I would, that's the humor I would want for it. Okay. Sure. I'm, I'm down for that then. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And yeah, another thing is, call. too, if you guys haven't read the Harley Quinn Lobo comic, I definitely recommend that, too. No, but that's let me ask you this. Cool. Have you seen the <laughs> and here Harley Quinn show? Again. No, have you seen the Lobo Howard the Duck crossover? No, I haven't. Lobo the to. Duck, baby! Lobo the <laughs> Duck! So fucking badass. <laughs> I want to see that now. It was that. so awesome. And you know, Gerber's always been a prick to uh, Marvel Comics. So he did Lobo the Duck and took the chance to, uh, took the, 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 the momentum to take Lobo the Duck and kill Howard the Duck. <laughs> That's what I want to oh see. God. Lobo the Duck, baby. I'm here for it. Okay. So, like a duck in a movie. I'm there. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So let's move yeah. along. I actually have a couple of other stories if you guys want to talk about them. Um, let me know which ones you want to do. I have one about. Basically, Michael Gandolfini joining uh, Disney for Daredevil. Then I also have Lance Riddick to reprise John Wick role in uh, Ballerina spinoff. Then I've also got Star Wars. The Accolade will be first the first set-led series. And Game of Thrones picks up Kate Dickey, who joins Loki Season 2. <laughs> Who's Kate I'm Dickey? sorry, what a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're gonna go into acting. Pick a better name than Dickie. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, let's talk about her then. <laughs> um, so Dickie's character is expected to be introduced as a villain through further details are being kept under wraps. The outlet also notes that the production of the highly anticipated second installment of the Disney Plus series has finally been completed. Set after the events of Avengers Endgame, Loki Season 1 featured to return of the God of Mischief after he's arrested by the time uh, Berkman's authority due to the damage he has done to the timeline. Season 2 is directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who recently helmed the Moon Knight series, which I loved. The duo will be replacing Kate Heron, who will still remain on the project as its producer. And then I lost my place. 
That's okay. okay. We stopped listening ten minutes ago. I thought you Were did. You paying attention, John. It's all Dickie's fault. <laughs> <laughs> the series also stars Sophia Di Martino and Sylvia Sylvia Owen Wilson as Mo- Mobius and Go. Go I'm not even going to say that. Um. So, anyways, what do you guys think about this? Uh, this little bit of news. I think we're we're making fun of her, obviously, but. Um, I I think we can all agree the world would be the, a better place if we all had a little dicky in us. <laughs> you hear that, JPEG? <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. <laughs> I guess that was the wrong story for you to pick, man. <laughs> Quit dicking around, okay? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I don't know why you keep inviting me on your shows. I really don't. Because of this. I've given up episodes ago. Oh, man. That was not a wooden joke at all. (laughs) That's what she said. Um, So... (laughs) Okay, so anyways... Uh, so... So let's go on and focus on uh, another story. Um, <laughs> so we actually have the Star Wars The Acolyte, which is actually going to be centered around the Siths. And I like the idea that we actually have a story that's not centered around the the Force or anything like that. We're actually now dealing with the, the Siths. And that's something that I've been wanting. I've been wanting a story where you're now sitting through the eyes and the lenses of the villain versus the heroes. And I think this is actually a perfect way to actually do, um, if they ever wanted to, do a Darth Maul TV series. Because I want a Darth Maul TV series where it's centered in the lenses of the villain. But having this, this is something I'm very excited about. What about you guys? Here's my fear. Um, Every time... That's a badass hat. Every time, yeah. Every time um, Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, does a Sith story, and they've done it in books, right? Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Uh, They do it in video games all the time. Um, Every time they do one, the the Sith that stars in it becomes good, right? I don't want to see one become good. I want to see their point of view on why they're so righteous about the dark side. It's not just taking power, right? They're doing the opposite of, of um, uh, what the Jedi are doing. The Jedi very much believe in what they're doing. Well, the Sith believe in what they're doing too. Right. And so I'd like to see from that point of view and stick with the fact that they're the bad guys. Stick with it. Except that in their minds, they're not the bad guys. That's what I want to see. I'm afraid they're going to take a, a, any Sith show and all of a sudden, the bad guy's going to try to become the good guy. And, and that's I don't not something see I that. want. Exactly. I don't want to see that at all. Keeps and that's why I liked... Right. Go on ahead, Josh. I was just saying, you know, just make sure that they continue to be the evil bastards that they are. Please, mm-hmm. John, continue. Okay. So Ooh, that was a good voiceover. Ooh, thank I you. got chills. <laughs> thank you for that, man. I, I got chills just I know. The, uh, over no there. <laughs> but the thing that I liked about Obi Wan was the fact that they actually kept the Sith villain, the villain, 
at the very uh, until the very end. But I wanted her to be full on evil. You know what I'm saying, Josh? I was okay because, like, as we I've said to you guys before. Um, well, I haven't said this to Chris. Chris, I am. I'm just walking my way into this galaxy that is far, far away. Now, I hail from Asgard, but I'm it's my first time seeing Tatooine and Alderaan for the first time. <laughs> but the thing is, um, I watched the Obi-Wan series, and I remember um, especially a lot of lifelong fans that have been there since the beginning having constant debates about Reva's character. Whether you like Politics aside from it, whether you like her character or not, it seemed to be a very fierce discussion across fandom. And um, I was kind of hoping... It felt like they were alluding to her being good, but then at the same time... It it was almost like they didn't know what they wanted to do with her. Because it felt like they wanted her to be good, but at the same time they wanted to keep her evil, but they didn't know how to write it in a way... Like, they couldn't make a solid decision, so they just left it up in the air, um, if that makes sense. That's just how I took it at the end of the series. Um, I didn't mind her character. I liked her character. I'm just like, well, can you decide which route she's going to take unless they're going to – was that supposed to be a limited series? Are they going to do a season two for it? Or No, that's it. No, it's, I don't think so. Okay. Because I thought they announced that, uh, that D23, unless that was just – you know, last time I looked, the last time I looked, they weren't going to do that. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I'm just like, don't leave it up in the air like that. If you're not going to, if it's not purposeful and you're not going to continue it, at least have her make a solid decision which side she's going to fall on. I kind of wish she just stayed on the dark side. She just didn't have, she just wouldn't have any ties to Vader and the Inquisitors. You know, that, that's just yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if it's because it's Disney or what, but they always seem to want to turn their bad guys into kind of good guys, and and it's a mistake. They're the bad guys. They've always been the bad guys in that galaxy. So let's see the world from their point of view. Let's see how righteous they are about their views without trying, oh, I see the light. Now I'm going to be good. Right. <laughs> right. I can see that. I can go watch all all the good guys and every other fucking thing they do, right? If you're going to do the bad guys, let's see the bad guys. Don't make them good. Right? Darth Maul. Darth Maul's a bad guy from start to finish, right? Are are they going to take him and kind of get, you know, make him kind of a good guy and anti here? Well, I I use that as an example for that, because but he's not actually going to be in the show. Oh, well, mm. fuck you then, John. You got me all excited. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Anytime. He's like, you got me all riled up, mate. And I have nowhere to put this. <laughs> How about up your ass? <laughs> it's just like John, right? He gets you excited and then he just yanks it right away. Sounds <laughs> like Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> I'm sorry, is. dude. I'm sorry, but it. I want to say this story takes place about 200 or 300 years before. I'm not 100 sure. What the Darth, uh, Darth Maul series is going to take place? Oh, this is actually a TV before. series. I was just saying how I would like. <laughs> I'm sorry that you. I'm sorry that you got the wrong assumption. But what I meant by this was I oh, you wanted. Led me there. 
I mean, now you're now you're victim blaming. Right? Oh my god! But <laughs> okay, so this is what I'm uh, never going to wind up on Josh's show. I can see that now. Oh no, no, you're a welcome <laughs> guest, my friend. You've been forewarned, man. <laughs> now you but, see what you're saying. Listen, I'll tell you. Uh, every every advertiser John has had is run. Every every time I'm on the show making fun of them, so oh, you, you may not want me on there. <laughs> but getting over to this real quick. Mm-hmm. But in a recent interview with Tech Radar, uh, Keen was asked what she can can say on the upcoming show. While this, she didn't give too much away. Keen did not uh, did note that it will explore how the Sith infiltrate the Jedi and will be the Sith led. A first for the Star Wars series. I can see that it's a prequel, Keen said. No, I mean, as you know, it's 100 years before the prequel movies, and it's kind of ex- explanation of how the Sith infrared the Jedi. It's Sith-led story, which has never been done before. So now that's basically... So that's why I'm very interested in this show, and this is why I really want to see this, because I believe that the villains who think that they're right are the most terrifying villains that you can think of. I agree. You know what? I could even, if he even decided to, I could see Tarantino putting his hands all over this. Uh, don't nah, because oh, Tarantino doesn't think that Marvel point. movies are cinema. So oh yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a yeah. You're not. You're not. Tarantino's a little full of himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I did a whole entire segment on Tarantino the other night. Oh, geez, now, interestingly, Tarantino says he's doing one more film and then retiring. Is he? Re- <laughs> is, that's, is he why, that's why he says. I mean, I mean you know, know, but he says the Marvel movies aren't cinema. But I mean, do we believe him? No, no, no. Of course not. No, he's a bastard. I, you know, <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> well, Samuel Jackson also called him out on that too, though. As he should. I mean, I'm glad. On. On, you know, you got Jackie Brown riled up. Obviously, you did something wrong. Okay, so let's move on from that. Uh, so we actually have what other topics you got we can fuck up for you? <laughs> well, I got uh, Michael Gandolfini, he's gonna be in the Daredevil. Uh, Born Again TV series coming up on Disney Plus, and this is coming from Deadline, written and executive produced by Covered Affairs creators Matt Corman and Chris Ord. The new installment centers on Cox's title character Daredevil, otherwise known by the name Matt Murdock, who is attorney by day and crime fighter by night. D'Onofrio reprises his role as mob boss Wilson Fisk, aka Kingpin. And then we also have Gandolfini play the younger version of Tony Soprano in The Many Saints of New York, which sucked. A role made famous by his father, the late James of Gandolfini. He was recently seen in Paranormal Plus limited series The Offer in the feature film Cherry and upcoming will be seen in Apple TV Plus expirations. He recently wrapped production on Susan Fogel's psychological thriller Cat Prison. Cat Person. Every um, Esther's disappointed Boulevard and Corey Fenline's sci-fi film Landscape with Invisible Hand he is ripped by WME Relevant and Solon Offer Warner Dern. Okay, so with this, are you guys excited about Michael Gandolfini being in this role? Because I, well, we don't know what role it is, but are you excited that he's at least going to be in 
this Daredevil series, because I can see him probably being a potential maybe mob boss or some type of enforcer for Kingpin, probably. I don't know. What about about you? I mean, with a last name like Gandalfini, sounds like that might be the right thing to do for him. But, um, you know, I'm still stuck on the fact that you said someone's name, the name of the show was what, Cat Person? Uh, It's actually called Cat Person on Apple TV. Cat Person. Okay. Interesting. Um, That's nice. That's accessible to everybody. I mean, apparently, all you gotta do is say meow when you're writing. I mean, just, you know, suffering like a cat or something. You know? uh, but I mean, I'm just curious as to it's like, okay, cool, he's been cast. I haven't seen the many Saints of Newark. Clearly, you didn't like it. I can just tell from the way you said it sucked. No, that oh, was I actually love in that the news look report. you gave him that, that when was... he said that. Yeah, right. that was in the news report. Oh, that was in the news report. No, I'm making that up. It was... oh, <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses. It sucked, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, um, it looked like a Dollar General costume store. The way that the way that they got the uh, the actors dressed up, and then also too, you also had Silvio. I understand the actor is supposed to be bald headed in real life, but why would you do that to the character when he was never bald headed in the first place in, in The Sopranos? Mm. That is, and then the whole entire thing, it's, it was long, drawn out, it was boring, it was also misleading to people who was thinking that he was, oh, here I am ranting on the Sopranos when I'm supposed to be talking about Michael, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got you riled up, man. Now you have right. to find somewhere to put it. Okay. I uh, didn't even uh, know that James Gandolfini had a kid, and I feel bad because I should have sent something and I, and I didn't, but, um. He said, "You'll send his as condolences. much as I don't. Yeah, I'll, I'll send <laughs> as much as as <laughs> I, I don't give a shit about Jane, about this Gandolfini kid, right? Because I I don't know him, but I will say I'm super excited about the TV show. Um, I am too. I think Daredevil is probably the best superhero TV show that's ever come out. It was uh, fantastic and." I'm very, very nervous about what Disney's going to do to that show. It's an adult show. Daredevil, well, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Daredevil was a very graphic and very violent mm-hmm. comic for the time. Especially Daredevil the Born Again. People. Well, they even Born people. Again. Even the yeah. comic book for Born Again was very violent, Chris. And Oh, I thought you meant the Bible. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that is violent, too, in some it aspects. Is, yeah, but yeah. A little it is, that is very true. You know, I just content, wanted to alienate yeah. the rest of the, the people on there. Yeah. Fans. Um, no, I'm <laughs> I, I'm very, very excited about coming out. Uh, it was great. Oh, you're coming out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I came out years ago. Um, very, very excited. Uh, you know, it, it was really fun to see um, uh, Cox on. Uh, <laughs> I really just said it was very excited to see Cox come on She-Hulk. I wouldn't invite me again, man. I'll be honest. I would I wouldn't bring me back on here. I really wouldn't. But what I want to know is what the fuck are they thinking with the color of his costume? That's a way bigger story than than someone's friggin' nepotism being on a show, right? What, what the hell are they thinking with making Daredevil yellow? I don't know. I prefer the Shadowland suit. The red and blacks, I love that suit. Um, But 
Yeah, the yellow, it's 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 very off putting. What I, just why? First off, you can't hide anywhere. You don't look intimidating. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy in yellow spandex, like oh, oh okay. <laughs> the man in the yellow hat just decided to start committing criminal vigilantism. Where's curious George? Move over, George. I gotta hide. <laughs> oh my god. But I have to, at you. But they are going on ahead and making this like an R-rated mature content. Are they uh, are? Uh, TV series, so that's something I'm very happy about. They are keeping in the cut line with it. So why don't they just make it like a season? Okay. As long as they don't put on the banana suit, I'm fine. True. So then here's my question to you guys. So then why would do you feel like I mean, they're saying this is going to be separate from the Netflix show, but then why not do like what Netflix did when they got Lucifer? They acquired Lucifer. It was already on its third season. And then they ended up doing season four, five, and six. So then why not just do the same thing here with Daredevil? You just continue the rest of the series. Because listen, I want to, we know that's not the last we were going to see of Bullseye. And what they hinted at the end. Oh, I'm like, bring him back. Mm-hmm. I thought the guy that played him was excellent as Bullseye, oh, too. He was so, great. He was yeah, great. So just, just yeah. continue it. Why yeah. is it alluded to that? Yeah, it's the. It's the one from the show, but slightly different. But he's also from this universe, but not. For, it's some weird argument they came up with just to make an excuse where it's like it's not the same one, but it's the same one. It's like it's the no, guy, no. but it's not the same. Guy. I don't. I yeah. just continue it. That's just me. But no, well, I'm I'm really interested. You know, like Foggy, right? A major, major player in Daredevil. Are they going to get somebody else? Are they going to just cut him out? And no, honestly, Foggy the guy who played back. Foggy was um, same guy. Yep, they're getting him. They uh, just haven't. Now, as far you just as got act- me a little hard. Well, I'm sorry to tell you this. I don't. Oh, I'm not don't be upset, Josh. You helped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, um. You're a handsome man. That's all I'm saying. Oh, but you, <laughs> the only thing that they ha- that they also said too was this: Karen, the the actress that played Karen, is not. Uh, she hasn't been asked to come back, which is unfortunate. I think she was really good, and everybody. I love I love her as an actress. I love yeah. her in True Blood. Yeah, and she was the connector, right, yeah. between Punisher mm-hmm. and, yeah. and this. Uh, she was she was great. She was and great at the- bring back Punisher. Oh, John Bernthal please. said this. Please. Now, John Berthold said this. If you wind up making him water down, he's not coming back. Good. Oh, then, yeah. Like, because there's no other way to... I'm sorry. No. There is no other way to do it. Tell me what you think of my idea, because I've been talking about this for a while with different guests, but what do you think about them making a Marvel Knight studio? Well, you know, they started that. They made two films... And then they stopped, right? Um, uh, Punisher, Warzone, and Blade were both part of the Marvel Knights when they started doing that. Right. And then they let it go. Well, I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about like a studio just for the Red R characters that we love. You can put Mm. your Deadpool in there. You can put your uh, Wolverine. You can put your Jessica Jones, Ghost Rider, Punisher, all them underneath one umbrella. Howard the Duck. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I just want him back. I just want him back. But see, that's no, what I'm saying. No, I, I think, think it's Marvel, a great idea. Yeah, I, the, if Mar- 
that is just showing that would just show another step to me in their creativity because mm-hmm. we want it obviously <laughs> disney's not going to be like oh you know just put them part of the main universe just, ah, just separate it have your more adult dark centered universe that could just exist over here and then we still have our main universe over here it, it'll be just like how they do in the comic it'll just be this is one universe this is a different universe boom and that's that you can easily separate it that way and then you know wolverine could make the transition between both um if they wanted to do if, if they wanted to choose who to switch in and out they could if they decided to i mean they just leaves them free to do that but then you're also free to do your own stories here and your own stories there. you're not obligated to unless you choose to and you're like you know what i'd like to see this one interact with this character and, you know but i like the idea personally I think yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see, and I think a big test is going to be Deadpool, right? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, he's got his already movies. On the other hand, they say they're bringing him into the MCU. And I don't see them doing these MCU movies as R-rated movies in general, right? Uh, because they want to bring as, as big a crowd as they can. Right. So it'll be very interesting to watch how they bring Deadpool over to get an idea of how they can have somebody who kind of have a foot in both worlds, right? Right. Yeah. All right. That's, so uh, that's everything that for all the news stories and stuff ooh. I had. So I think that, uh, so anyways, I just want to say this. I do appreciate you guys coming on here talking about this, these movie stories and stuff like that the, and things like that. But my question is for you guys. <laughs> Where can everybody follow you guys at? <laughs> oh, I, I want to start following Josh. Tell us where you're where you're hiding. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll either be somewhere in the west where my post with my dog going after every kind of outlaw that there might be. <laughs> <laughs> but you can uh, find me. Damn, that was good. I appreciate you, sir. Now <laughs> you can find good, me on my son. YouTube channel. At the midnight, uh, the midnight cinema. You can find me on Instagram at the midnight cinema forty one. You can find me on Twitter at the outlawed mime. Facebook Joshua Diggins. Uh, Multiverse Geekdom YouTube channel. I co-host there. Um, taking a break for over there for a while, but I'm still doing some behind the scenes stuff. But um, you can find me there. You can find me in the Multiverse Geekdom Facebook group. And uh, you know, whenever John gives me a call, you can find me here. Movie lovers unite. I will answer the call when the signal is in the sky, because fear <laughs> is a tool. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning that movie lovers will unite. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> that's, that's some great stuff, man. So um, I don't know that I can follow that up. I wish you'd gone with me first. So I'll, uh, <laughs> you know, you can find my books on, um, on uh, Amazon. Uh, you can get them on paperback. You can get them on uh, Kindle. You can get them on audio tape. Uh, or audio tape. That's how old I am. I still think they make things on audio tape. Uh, on Audible. <laughs> uh, I got my new book that I'm almost done with the first draft. Uh, Penny Dreadful. It's going to be a fantastic children's novel. You heard me right. Children's novel. And um, uh, you can still watch. If you go to my, my uh, YouTube channel, CT Minori, you can uh, see Texas Chainsaw Musical in its entirety is uh, still out there. I don't know how long it will be. And, of course, I will soon be appearing on Midnight Cinema. 
<laughs> you most certainly will. You and will I be will done. be too. And you will be <laughs> I'm so, oh, I'm not going with that guy. Forget it. Oh, come on. I thought it was a package deal. <laughs> In Australia, we call that two for one on the Bobby. You see, he so, says that Josh, now, but it's, it's been just, a real pleasure, man. It's, 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 it's always great, man. Know, yeah, oh, for sure, my friend. Dude, guys, it's always a pleasure to have you on my show. I really do appreciate this, as always. Josh, keep on doing what you're doing on your channel. I wish you the best on it. Chris, with your writing and stuff like that. I really enjoy your writing, of course. I actually read Thank a couple you. of your short stories and you really you really are talented on what you do. So Thank you. Chris, I'm my mom. As a fellow writer, I'm working ironically on a western. Can I show you the first few scenes that I have written on my script so far? Absolutely. Okay, this is exclusive. Would love to see this it, is exclusive. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> once he once he uh, disconnects us from from the show, let's uh, exchange some information. I would love to read it. Excellent. Okay. All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up for the show for tonight. Thank you again, guys. And also to Monday, I'm going to have Beth from Made for TV Movie Podcast coming on. We're going to be reviewing a short film called Spotless. And that's also going to be a nomin. Well, it's actually in the front running for the Oscars for their sh for the short film. So go ahead, check that out. Eight o'clock Central Time, nine o'clock Eastern Time for that. And then, of course, on Tuesday, I also have another show coming up. I have to go and look and see exactly what that is. But looking under TBA for right now. And always until next time, guys. Bye bye. <laughs>